And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. And we continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope. And we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX-11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX-10 now on sale and get RX-11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hi, Dave. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Where are you? I'm in Southern California. I'm about 50 minutes north of Los Angeles. Okay. And you? I'm up in Seattle. It is, it's not raining here. I was going to ask you, is it raining in Los Angeles? It's gloomy. Yeah, I like, uh, I really like the weather up there in Seattle and Portland where it's, uh, you know, raining most of the time. It's conducive to, to a writer or a creative or readers. I concur. Yeah. Uh, well, come on up and visit anytime you want. We can do some writing together. Drum writing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Have you been home? Have you been out on the road? Uh, I just got back. I was uh, a couple weeks in the UK uh, working with uh, Empire State Bastard. I was home for about a day and a half. And then I was uh, off. I went to Knoxville, Tennessee and performed with uh, John Zorn, uh, saxophone, jazz, kingpin. He is like amazing. And, uh, and I was there for just one day and uh, and, and I've been home since uh, April 3rd. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been nice. Was that that bear festival? Uh, big ears. Big ears, sorry. All right, well, um, congrats on this record. You probably don't know this, but I, I am too a drummer. Um, this record, Rights of Percussion, is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're preaching to the choir a little bit, but... Uh, because I mean, it is a little, you know, a bit left field. Mm -hmm. 
not quite what people expect me to do. And, uh, you know, I always, whenever I do something strange and different, you know, I'm kind of cautious. So when I hear, you know, that kind of enthusiasm, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, this is somebody got it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I got it. Um, and it, it's, you know, it's primarily made up of percussion instruments and, um, and of course drum kit, which I think is one of the, special things you can hear the drum kit in this drum record you know a lot of drum records that i've listened to there's not as much focus on the drum kit i think that's kind of one of the special things about it and i i'm gonna guess that drum kit is your primary instrument has it always been yes it's always been although i do dabble you know with with piano and bass and guitar and you know synthesizers keyboard Mm -hmm. I don't restrain myself from any, you know, instrument, you know. So, yeah, but but drums has been the one that put me on the map. Right. And uh, we don't have to go through your life history of musical uh, education, but um, a brief synopsis of, of growing up and playing music. Were you in a musical household? Did you have training in school? Very little training in school. Uh, I was uh, in the marching band. Uh, drum line or whatever you call it. But I mean, it was only three or four drummers. It was a really small school. And uh, I don't think I showed up for any of the performances. <laughs> but I was, when I was in school, you know, I was there. Um, so that was, that started like in fourth grade, fourth, fifth grade. And then I, I was like a little music school that sprung up in, in my city. And I, I asked my parents, you know, my parents, if I could be a part of it, you know, just sign up. And I did. And what I was very discouraged at the pace Mm -hmm. that, that the teacher was at and teaching me, you know, these paradiddles and, you know, these exercises that I felt like at that time, this had to have been sixth grade, fifth, sixth grade. And I don't think I had a drum set at that time. I just, you know, uh, they supplied me with a practice pad. Yeah. Pulled in. And, and I was just, I was bored. Yeah. I felt sitting in my room and uh, purchasing 45s of songs that I heard on the radio and learning and playing along to those songs. I felt, you know, it was something, you know, uh, I, I was being productive, you know, in, in learning different pieces and, Kind of had, I, what I didn't know at the time is like I was learning, you know, music structure, you know, song structure, you know, the intros, the verses, the choruses. And um, so I, I was teaching myself that in the privacy of my own home just by listening to music, you know, so. Right. Yeah, that, that mirrors my experience of uh, quote unquote musical education. I started, I got discouraged at the pace saved some money and got a drum kit and then it was that was it yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know it's a lot of a lot of my friends oh you know when i went to college when i went to this school this music school then it's like you know what the music school i went to (laughs) that's that's where i went because i recorded my first album when i was 18. oh Uh, when i was in slayer we were playing every wednesday night at a club so that was a school night my senior year oh I mean, if you look at the back of that Shona Mercy record, we were wearing makeup. Yeah. Um, I would show up, you know, with makeup just still, you know, they fake, you know, which which was kind of cool because 
I wasn't a glam rocker, you know, I wasn't, you know, in one of those kinds of bands, I looked more, you know, metal and, and punk and goth, I, I think, than anything else. It was interesting. So you were 18 when you started playing in Slayer and recording? No, I started Slayer when I was uh, probably around when I turned 17. Yeah. All right. Well, one thing I want to also tell you is that I'm uh, not trying to uh, parallel your life completely, but I too have made a drum record. I made one with Dale Crover and Cody Willis a while back. Um, and they did Senile Animal together, right? Yeah. Oh, man. And I, I wrote some tunes and sort of compositions and uh, made a record with them. And uh, I mean, again, you're preaching to the choir. There's another reason there. Um, but the only thing I don't like about your record is that it reminds me of all the fucking things I didn't get to try on my record. So <laughs> catalyst for the next one. You were crushing me there for a millisecond. I was like, Oh man. <laughs> no, and I'm being I'm tr truly being honest. There's just like I'm in the headphones with your record and I'm just like, "Oh man. That's oh. a beautiful idea." Anyways. There's, <laughs> there's other opportunities. I'm sure you could, you know, take that record as an influence and now you could create your own. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. then maybe me and you up here in Seattle, like yeah. I said. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I want to talk about uh, your process, uh, writing, and um, also recording this record. But first, what was your headspace when you decided to uh, embark on this this journey? Well, it was in the middle of the pandemic. You know, the first month was, hey, this is great. Woo, I got nothing <laughs> going on. You know, it was two months go by. Wow, nothing. Uh, this feels real good. Oh, man, I've never been home in April before or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wow, June, Father's Day. Whoa, I've never been, I've never <laughs> been on Father's Day before. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it, I was optimistic, but, you know, still there was a, um, like an underlying sadness, obviously, because of all the deaths, but uh, also like my livelihood was taken away. What I loved the most, uh, which was being on stage exerting energy sweating the speakers you know just pumping air you know the the volume i missed all that on one hand it was it was really you know it felt really good to be uh, uh relaxing at home and taking time off but i, I was missing as, as time went on i was missing uh being on the road and i felt that pandemic was just because i was idle and I was used to, you know, going on tour and, and always playing on stage ever since uh, since I was 18, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like that was going to kill me, just not being uh, active. So I think with that going on, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to make it like as if I'm going to work. Mm -hmm. So I would have my breakfast, watch the news, go upstairs, take a shower go to my studio, get to work Nice every day. And uh, <laughs> I had this, uh, it's funny, I had this song, uh, you know the Aerosmith song, Back in the Saddle? I do. Back in the saddle again. Uh, I, I would drive my wife crazy because I would get up in the morning and, and, and sing, I'm back in my <laughs> again. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. backwards again. And, and that was it. I was just, uh, so <laughs> when I, when uh, Mr. Bungle was rehearsing for their show, we did this, uh, uh, the night they came home, we performed live and it was recorded and, and it's released on DVD and it was recorded in the middle of pandemic. Um, I went to rehearsal in my slippers. I forgot to change my oh. shoes. So it's like, fuck, I, I'm driving, you know, I'm 50 minutes north. So, you know, 30 minutes into the drive, I realized, fuck, man, I didn't, uh, I didn't change my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how comfortable I was. But, you know, the process was just and the headspace was, it was weird. Everybody went through it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I've always I, I've listened to your drumming and starting with Slayer, of course, uh, for sorry, <laughs> <laughs> since I was 14 and I listened to all kinds of music and I always have. But, um, you know, punk and metal has been my bread and butter, I would say. But um, I've always thought of you as uh, one of the most creative drummers there is. And it's not just because of your playing, which is the most creative metal drumming I've ever thought of i don't even like to call it metal drumming um but your sense of tone i think makes your drumming special and it and it comes out in all of the bands you play with that's no small feat considering you know a lot of the bands you're playing in are dense with frequencies and bpms and volume but this record celebrates your sense of tone for me and it's kind of like for me as a longtime listener i was like oh there it is now everyone can understand if you didn't before do you feel like that like it was an empty palette for you to express this skill of tonality i didn't i didn't approach it that way um i didn't think to myself you know oh i want to show off you know this or you know present this this tone or sound um i approached it in the most neutral and organic way possible because I individually held the drum in the comfort of my own home, each drum, and I tuned it, made sure I got all the rings out, you know, uh, without any interruptions and tuned uh, every drum uh, individually and making sure that, you know, when you hear the batter head, uh, you can hear the resonant head mm -hmm. in tune. And uh, I like tuning my drums to major scale. And uh, every time I perform with the band, I try to find their tone or their, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask him, you know, give me your A, you know, your A string. Mm -hmm. And I'll hear that. And I try to tune my drums to that key. Not all of them, obviously. I start with one drum and then I go up the scale you know, da 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 The kick drum, you know, has to have a nice octave between the kick and the kick and snare. You know, again, that's just stuff I developed through the years. And some engineers, you know, are are very uncomfortable around me because I can tell whenever they do certain things to the drums. You know, I tell them not to add any gates or any compression to my live sound. I tell them compression makes me feel like I'm running in the sand. And gates 
you know, they don't know how soft I hit my bass drum at times. So if if you don't catch that I hit fairly light, you're not going to get the nuances in my performance. So you know, there, there's a lot that 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 goes on to, I think, to creating your own sound. Wow, that yeah, that explains a lot, and I think it might also explain this cinematic quality to the new record. I mean, all the songs to me are are pretty cinematic, but the song Bloodlet is you literally can just close your eyes and it's like watching a short film and it, it kind of is the gift that keeps giving because if you just play it back, close your eyes, you get, you can make up a whole new film. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love film scores. I, it's difficult for me to watch movies and sit down and just, you know, uh, uh really focused on, on the actors and, and, and the whole storyline. Cause I'm sometimes busy listening to the score Right. And um, I get I get drawn into it, and sometimes I have to leave. You know, it's like <laughs> I I got to go up to the studio. I just got a little. I got inspired. Wow! You, you have thirty minutes left. I'm not interested. <laughs> I, I cannot sit down. And some people would call that, oh, you know, he's uh, he's hyperactive or whatever. And it's like no, I just I'm a different animal. I. <laughs> I'm very, my hearing is very sensitive and I, I, I listen to things, I think in, from a different perspective than most people do. And, uh, I, again, I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a gift. It's a, something I've developed through the years, but I'm grateful for it. And so am I, um, <laughs> <laughs> um I'd like to play uh, separation from the sacred. Is that cool with you? Yeah, please. All right, here we go.
ask you so many questions about every single instrument. Beautiful song. Um, I won't ask you about every single instrument on this record, but um, tell me a little bit about your recording process here. I understand you did it mostly yourself or completely yourself? Written, recorded, and produced, which is a very proud title that I got for this, uh, this record. It was mixed mm -hmm. by my son and I. He would come over like every other weekend and, you know, we would dive in and just start, you know, uh, mixing the songs. And uh, um, I've always loved engineering. Actually, when I graduated from high school, before I knew Slayer was going to take off and, you know, hit the road, uh, I signed up uh, for a engineering school in, in Hollywood uh, at this place called Crossroads of the World. But that didn't obviously pan out because I had to go on the road and, or record with Slayer. So what I did, I've always had interest in engineering and love engineering. Uh, so I've always had recording equipment uh, at home with me. Uh, but I invested a little money and, and bumped up the, the kind of gear I had and uh, I upgraded and, and, you know, got a, you know, the best pro tools rig you could get. And, and I ran cables throughout the house. I had a small drum set, like a, a four piece with 18 inch Swiss crashes as hi-hats big 22 inch uh giant beat ride from peisty uh so this was in the dining room area and so it was cavernous it was mm -hmm. a big you know bonham you know kind of sound what i was trying to get and uh and then upstairs i had a double bass kit in a more of a dead uh room there wasn't any ambience the only ambience i got for that drum set was you know uh plugins yeah so i was bouncing around from one drum set to the other recording little ideas you know in the, in the middle of the afternoon i would start you know let's say if i have a conversation or, or my wife because obviously it was pandemic you know i would drift and start thinking about a rhythm and mm -hmm. i'll start tapping it out on my lap or, or or whatever on the table and i would tell her record this and she would get her little phone recorder and uh, and tape me. I would go upstairs, uh, run a click track, and play along to that and play that rhythm and adapt it in different form, in different ways. Let's say I'll play it on the four-piece drum kit in the ambient room, and then I'll experiment and try it on the on the double bass kit in the dead room. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I would, I would lay that down and then I would elaborate and add some percussion. And then it starts taking a life of its own. It's weird because you, you don't know where it's going to go, how it's going to develop, what the outcome is going to be. That's the surprise. That's the big reveal at the end. You know, when you're all done with it, you're like, there it is. There it is. It, it came together. And it's a special moment. And um, you never know when it's going to happen. So it's, 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 it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun that now in retrospect, I want to do it again. <laughs> Find a way to, to, to do everything that I didn't do on this record. I want to do it again and make a, a better one. Right. 
there's a lot of like percussion lines. My experience making my record, I, instead of using a click track, I made percussion lines and then played with them. And that kind of led me and led the song. And again, similar to you, I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, did you do anything like that? Did you do any clicks or anything guided or any like synthesizer? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I used yeah. everything. I I tried to utilize everything I had at you know my fingertips. It's like everything. Uh, even you know while the majority of what you hear is acoustic drums, uh, there there are moments where I did have to utilize you know, certain sounds and samples, but it's, it was rare. And I only used it like, let's say, for example, some the more cinematic parts. And a lot of the instrumentation was doctored where I would take it and, and let's say take a certain drum rhythm or drum pattern and compress the hell out of it and, you know, add some delays or pitch it a certain frequency and um, kind of mangle it up, you know, destroy it, you know, make it sound mm -hmm. different. Again, there's a million percussion instruments on this record. Do you remember what your favorite one to track was? The yeah, the, well, geez, it was, there was several bizarre moments. Well, uh, one, when I was at Studio 606, I had two drum sets there because there were some overdubs I wanted to do in a more... Uh, studio environment. So I had uh, timpani, I had the concert bass drum, a plethora of fucking cymbals and sound effects. And I have this little suitcase full of clappers, shakers, and, you know, everything. And so I went to that, into that studio. And then in the corner of the studio, I saw a piano. I said, hmm, what can I do with that piano? So we lifted the, the box and uh, exposed the strings. And uh, I placed a sandbag on the sustain pedal. So the strings were open. They weren't dampened. Yeah. Um, and I got mallets. I told them to dim the lights. I lit a candle and created uh, interferium spontaneously there in, in the studio. And then I ended it, you know, with a little double bass section at the end, right. just to put a period on it. And that was a lot of fun. And another key moment that I had that was a lot of fun was um, there's a section. God, I can't think of the song. Anyways, I laid the guitar on an acoustic guitar laid it flat on the floor on its back and I, I got this little drumstick that had a little leather flap on it that was that was almost like a, a slap that would you would hit percussion with it like a conga and it it would give it a certain almost like like as if it was your hand and uh, so I took that and a guitar slide and I put a microphone and I hit the guitar uh, I had that little slapper drumstick with my left hand, and then I got the slide and started creating this this weird sound. Uh, and uh, that that was a lot of fun. Out of out of all the drums and percussion, 
the odd moments were the most inspiring and uh, entertaining. Right. And I'm assuming historically you're collaborating with, with bands in the studio and this is your first solo effort. Is that right? How did it feel different? Oh, you don't have anybody telling you what to do. You know, (laughs) it's uh, freedom. It was what I was hearing in my head and it was the tones and the sounds that I wanted to convey to the public. It was on my own time schedule. There was nobody, nobody telling me, oh, we have this amount of time to do this or, or whatever. No, there was nothing. It was just me, myself, and I. Absolute freedom. Yeah, yeah. Well, it yielded a masterpiece, I would oh, say. Oh, man, they, they're, they're too <laughs> kind, man. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you go here in a sec. Uh, it, real quick, one record this reminds me of is, um, do, are you familiar with Hal Blaine's psychedelic percussion? Let me, I was at rehearsal with Bungle and uh, Patton in front of, in front of the band, Scotty and Trey mm-hmm. and, 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 and Trevor. Uh, he said, oh, Dave, your fucking album. He, he said, you know, he really enjoyed it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's dense. It has its, it has a personality and uh, just everything. And very kind words. And I was like, oh, man, thank you. And the other guys heard that conversation. And, oh, really? A drum record? Just, just drums? I said, yeah. Oh, have you heard this guy do it? And I think they mentioned Hal Blaine. Uh-huh. Uh, I was... I was like, you're kidding me. So somebody else had done something like this. And they said, oh, yeah. You know, I thought it was just what I had discovered, which was, you know, Tito Puente, uh, top percussion, uh, or Mm -hmm. John Bonham's Bonzo Montro, you know, and then all the drummers, you know, late 60s and 70s, they all had a drum solo song uh, with the title of some animal, Black Sabbath, Bill Ward had... Rat Salad, Ian Pace had The Mule, John Bonham had Moby Dick, and, and Ginger Baker had Toad. Then I started talking to these guys. Oh, yeah, Hal Blaine did an album. And then uh, this other drummer and percussionist did one. And I was like, oh, fuck. I, I thought I was ahead of the game here, man. <laughs> but it's, it's awesome to hear that there are others. But this is definitely different, you know, than... Oh, yeah. 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 It just had a little bit, it's, it's got a density to that Hal Blaine record. And I'm actually new to that record. I've only, I had only heard of that record a couple years ago. Um, any plans to do this live? Oh God. Uh, I think you're the second person that asked that. And I'm like, what would it take? Um, and it, it would, it would probably take, you know, three or four other percussionists, to to perform this yeah me dale crover (laughs) willis (laughs) they're done (laughs) well i hope to hear it whether i'm involved or not i'm not really i'm not really trying to sell myself but um yeah i uh man it would be so it would be a wonderful experience so next year at big ears maybe yeah big ears you know glassberry you know big festivals you know in europe (laughs) yeah you have a lot of touring plans this year? Uh, I have Mr. Bungle coming up. And then uh, summer, I have some festivals with Empire State Bastard. 
And then in the fall, uh, we just announced some shows with Mr. Bungle as well. All right. Well, I hope to catch one of those shows yeah. in Seattle. or I am touring a little bit this year, too, so I'll look for you when I'm out there. Awesome, man. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks. Uh, great to talk to you. Um, great to meet you. Congrats on this record. I'm spreading the word, not just to drummers, to uh, the rest of the world. Brilliant. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad you really enjoy it. All right. Take care. Travel safe, and goodbye. All right, man. Take care. Bye.